Hey, I'm Danny Mazer, and you are listening to the Soul Stories Podcast, an extension of Soul Stories, where we curate spaces for difficult conversations and create connection through dialogue, storytelling, and creative expression. On this season, we will be bringing you stories and poetry from an event we hosted this past April. It was called Unpacked, a creative dialogue on consent. Hello, my name is Hannah Skews, a member of Soul Stories. Danny and I created this event in April called Unpacked, a creative dialogue on consent. We both joined eight other poets and storytellers to speak about our own experiences with the topic. You're about to hear Danny tell his story about male ego and the impact of his religious faith on his relationship to sex. He will definitely make you laugh, but I hope you also take in the extreme vulnerability and honesty he brings to the conversation as a man thinking about consent. Hi, everyone. All right, I think I'm there. All right, before I start, by raise of hands, who has prayed before? Okay. Now, keep your hands up if you prayed as a child. Okay. Can some brave souls shout out a few things you prayed for as a child? Barbie Dreamhouse. Cookies. Buying your keys or finding? Find my keys. Boyfriend? Nice. Love? What was that? Pizza for dinner. I'm still praying for that. (laughs) Yeah. What was that? Radio Shack Armatron. I think that's a great way to transition. (laughs) All right, so for me, as a boy, um, following Catholic dogma on what it means to be, well, so as a kid, I prayed to be a good person. And following Catholic dogma on what it means to be a good person stifled my ability to explore my humanity. Here's what I mean. I'm in eighth grade, and my Catholic school replaces sex education with abstinence-only education. This program is called Operation Keepsake. (laughs) I will let those words sink in for one more moment. And upon graduation, I am asked to sign a slip that says, I, Danny Mazur, would be a virgin until marriage. Right, I heard a while back there. (laughs) I signed it thinking this was my pact to heaven. Ninth grade comes along and God can't stop puberty. (laughs) I'm terribly horny and form a strong relationship with porn. I begin dating a 10th grader, not sure how to approach it. I remember hearing guidelines made for a man, be smooth, be confident, make a move. You don't ask, you just do. We're at the movies. I put my arm around her and slowly touch her side boob. (laughs) My mid-pubescent body and nervous system are on fire. Holy fucking shit. 
Same year, Melanie and I are on the way home after a football game. We start making out and go into the woods. She asks me what I want. I ask her if she'll give me head. I'm terrified. In all my masturbation practice, I never actually came. 11th grade. At this point, I've had a fair amount of sexual experiences, but never sex. To me, I haven't broken my agreement. I'm dating a girl. I'm used to making out and hand stuff. She's not. We're in my living room making out, and I start to put my hand down her pants. She tells me to stop, that she's uncomfortable with it. I stop, but I think, what's the issue? It's just fingering. I try again, and she gets mad. I don't really get it. But we stop and talk about it. Later, I drive her home. I tell my friends, and my ignorant and undeveloped teenage brain is still confused. College. I'm a sophomore, and I found the girl I'm going to marry. We have an intense sexual energy, and I tell myself it's all right to have sex because she might be the one. I had been fantasizing for so long about having sex to the song Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was a very true story. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I break down crying. I'm going to hell. My, agree <laughs> My agreement with God is broken. I go to confession on a rainy night. My body heavy with shame. My girlfriend, an atheist, drives me. <laughs> the priest is more understanding than I assumed. My sin is absolved, but my head is spinning. My girlfriend and I break up. Within two weeks, I have a panic attack. Anxiety and depression become my reality for the first time. Shortly after, I leave the church. I barely believe in a God at this point. But that doesn't change my perspective on sex. I'm scared to have it, scared to ask for it. When inter interactions get close, I feel this twisting shame and guilt that paralyzes me. And when I do have sex, coming does not feel like coming. It feels like being a bad person. I'm 25, and I decide I need therapy. After many months in tears, I give myself permission to learn about my body. It's like God's ghost had wrapped their chains around my penis, and my therapist gave me the key. <laughs> God is liberated from me, and I am liberated from God. In this year, I have sex with five women. It's consensual, exploratory, and passionate. I have condomless sex, and after finishing, I say, I think I just touched God. What a wonderful turn of events. I fall in love later that year. Our first time having sex, I come inside her. The second time, I do it again. She stops me and says, why did you come inside me? That's something that's deeply intimate and you need to ask. 
whoa, I feel horrible. She trusts me that it's an honest mistake. I never hesitate to ask again. During this experience, I'm amazed at what I learn. She teaches me how to ask for what I would like and says no when she won't. She coached me on her body. I coached her on mine. Our sex is transcendent. We break up a year later. <laughs> the Kavanaugh hearings come up. My male ego starts to rattle my brain with questions. Had I ever crossed a line, and will it ever come to bite me in the ass? Then I remember once I had come home drunk and asked my college girlfriend to have sex. She agrees, and I add, can we do it to porn? She's in. We start. 30 seconds later, I black out. In the morning, she says, you were scary last night. My hungover body is beating with anxiety. What? Why was I scary? We never address it again. See, I haven't talked to her since we broke up six years ago. I find I need to contact her, so I reach out. What did I do that night that was so scary? I stare at the ceiling, asking myself, what if I fucked up? What if I am part of the problem? What do I do? Do I tell my friends? Do I tell people? I get two hours of sleep. The next day, she says we can talk. I ask her if she remembers the night. She says, actually, I do. And it's not what you think. I said you were scary because your eyes were detached. It looked like you were gone, but you didn't do out of anything out of line or hurt me anyway. I breathe a sigh of relief. Thank fucking God. She continues and says, I understand that you are genuine and have positive intent by calling me, but I didn't have the privilege of waiting until Kavanaugh to start this conversation. She tells me that she had been assaulted in the Peace Corps and the Peace Corps had discharged her early, claiming she was mentally unfit to serve. I think about the emotion behind her words. She was agitated and angry, and me, well, I got lost in self-protection, failing to consider the weight of my words. As a man, I think it's easy to, for me to avoid this conversation. I have never felt afraid of being sexually assaulted. My body is allowed to take up space. I'm often rewarded for taking up more space than I even deserve or need. And I think that's why I'm here tonight, to consider the ways I'm complicit in this fucked up culture where God is more concerned with when and how you come than victims of assault how we design these moral systems to both expose and oppress the body, then take these systems as divine truth. I feel myself unraveling, slowly massaging Jesus's firm grip off my penis. <laughs> Listening to the stories of women 
feeling punched in the gut by my own ignorance and the ignorance of men, softening, constantly softening, and learning what it's like to ask questions and care for the body, to know the sensation of a shared orgasm and the love that ensues afterwards. I'm here, I'm listening. Thank you for hearing my story. Hey, it's Hannah again, thanking you for your time and energy while listening to stories from Unpacked, a creative dialogue and consent on the Soul Stories podcast. I also once again and always want to thank the poets and storytellers for their vulnerability and honesty. One of the main goals of Unpacked was to offer up these narratives as a starting point for talking about consent. And I'd love to hear from you about how they impacted you. We would also be very grateful if you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts like this one and share this episode with the people you care about. Also, follow us on Instagram at Soul Stories Denver and find us on Facebook. We at Soul Stories are so incredibly lucky to be a part of this community. Thanks for listening and being a part of it. <laughs>